You're listening to Build for Impact, brought to you by MarketScale, with your host, Daniel Heward. Good morning, everyone. This is Daniel Heward, lead fellow and your host for Build for Impact. Today's discussion is going to be really cool insofar as we have Tim Yearington, somebody I've known for well beyond, let's say, 30 years. Sadly, we haven't had a lot of interaction in uh, in the last maybe 15, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that as we do Build for Impact. What I wanted to do in an introduction is Tim is really, I, I'm trying to find the right adjectives to describe, but Tim is a educator, teacher, mentor, inspirer in a collaborative spirit who teaches and engages others in reconnecting with culture, history, and nature. And in that regard, I will hand off to Tim to say hello. All right. Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon. Kwe Kwe, Wabjizi, Animki, Panese, Indigenakaz, Michiganabek, Nindodem, Kijizipi, and Donjiba. My name, as you've already heard, is Tim Yerrington. But my real name is Wabjizi, Animki, Panese, which means Grey Thunderbird. I'm a mixed blood human being. I'm Algonquin Metis. I have uh, Voyager and Métis ancestors from Mattawa, Ontario, Canada, and I also have Algonquin ancestry from Kichizibi Territory, which is what we call the Great River, which is otherwise known today as the Ottawa River or the Ottawa River Valley. And it's my pleasure to have a chance to speak with you today. I'm technically a Indigenous worldview educator. Sometimes I'm considered an elder. I'm also seen as a as a knowledge keeper. I do medicine work with people. I basically just help people to uh, open their other eye and see uh, what their role is, what their purpose is, is here on on Mother Earth for whatever they're choosing to do upon their path in life. Thanks, Tim, for doing a much better job at your bio than I did. Build for Impact. We talk about how we can positively impact you know the earth and people at the same time in in what we do to engage that and you know we talk about my four pillars which are sustainability resiliency transparency and wellness and you know tim i want to get your perspective on sustainability because i think you're going to bring a really good perspective for us yeah i agree well, my perspective or my pers- my my perception of sustainability is we we have well first of all let's back up. I think we really need to have take a really good look at who we are as human beings and what we're doing to the planet as a species. And we have to also recognize how powerful we are as human beings with this uh, gray matter inside our head called our brain. Um we can use that gray matter in a very, very positive way. We can use it in a neutral way, and we can also use it in a very negative and destructive way. Now, we have to also be aware that this idea of sustainability, that's a human, that's a human made idea. The earth has been sustaining itself for billions of years, and we're just the new kids in, new kids in the hall, so to speak, on the block. And, because of the power of our minds, we can rationalize and justify and come up with um, ideas or excuses to do pretty much anything. So, for example, if we were trying to live in an environment where there's no water and there's a desert, 
yeah, we can come up with lots of human man-made, and I say man-made on purpose, emphasizing man, man-made ideas on purpose, to come up with rational, rationalizations to take water from somewhere else to bring it to a place where it's not actually really natural to be there. So I think we have to really look deep and hard at what this idea of sustainability is because not everything is sustainable. If we can, if we create a rationale or, or a justification for something being sustainable, it doesn't mean it's true. It's just a belief that we have. And we already know around the planet that there's, there's evidence that what we're doing collectively as human beings with, uh, with, uh, you know, material gain, uh, taking at the expense of other places on the planet, those things aren't, aren't sustainable. You know, materials that we're using for building, some of those materials are not really sustainable. Even though we justify it and we try to prove to ourselves that it, that it, that it is, and that seems to give us the permission to, you know, to, to re extract those resources or take those resources and then sell them. Because really, honestly, the bottom line is that people, human beings are just wanting to make money at these things. And that's become a very, very destructive uh, force that we are responsible for. And the other idea with sustainability is that what about our food? You know, what's more important? You know, if we have places where people live, that's okay. But are we really going to be able to sustain our population as a species? We're soon to be at 9 billion people. And it won't take long after that to get to 10 billion. Our Earth was not created to sustain this vast number of human beings on the planet. And then you have other, other parts of the planet that are just trying to catch up. They're trying to develop sustainability and develop their own worlds in a, in a similar way, you know. My personal belief is those that have the most have the most to lose. And I think we have to be really careful and, and really take a good, honest look at, you know, if this sustainability idea is really true or if it's just a man-made idea in our head. Tim, I like the way you actually frame this where, you know, s sustainability is a concept, but you really tied it with nature, the capacity of the planet. And also the capacity for man to be destructive and wasteful, which sort of leads towards our next pillar, which is resiliency. And, and really, we see a big change in climate-related events. And it, it seems like when you rely too much on technology, you set yourself up for failure. And I'm just looking at the events that have happened in Texas recently. Um, your, your thoughts on that. And then also, I'll prompt you to, to share some other things. I can say I probably don't have a lot of thoughts on resiliency um, other than what makes people resilient. I mean, if you're relying on only technology and if you're only relying on, on, on a material economic gain, if that's your, if that's the, the framework that you see the world and you see your life in, you won't be resilient as soon as those systems fail. And you'll have to go back to nature like our ancestors did. Our ancestors were way, way more resilient than we will ever be, unless something dramatic happens like the coming of another ice age or, you know, Hopefully not, but, you know, some devastating effects because of war. Then we'll really understand how resilient the human being is. 
So again, I think we have to be we have to be careful and mindful with these ideas that we have that somehow seem to you know give us free reign over things that you know honestly and truthfully we don't really have free reign over because it's the earth itself mother earth she will make us resilient regardless of what we choose to do and regardless of which sandbox we wish we wish to play in you know when all of those toys are taken away from us that will show us how resilient we are so yeah. i think we have to be really and i think it comes down to what is it, it there's a difference between what you want and what you need the things with, that you want don't make you resilient the things that you need make you resilient the things that give you endurance in life the the things that help you understand who you are as a human being and what your role is and sometimes so I, it's important to look at that because you have to look at at you know your your behaviors and your patterns as a society as an industry as a as an individual to see if those patterns of behavior that you have if they're actually being destructive or if they're being positive tim i like how you connected nature with with choices in in responsibility uh in in reality and really what we're what we've seen a move towards in the in the built environment when we try to do green building and and responsible community construction is inspiration of biophilia in in really in my perception the the challenge that we face there is people are so disconnected from nature that we have to take subtle influences of biophilia like sunlight and and what the sound of water moving and, and little things to start to connect people to nature. Uh, you know, in, in that biophilia response ends up having a very positive effect. And, and I really like that you connected Mother Earth and nature as a teaching tool to make sure that we become resilient. Because like you, you referenced, the planet has adapted in, in changed, uh, maybe for the worst or not, over millennia. So, you know, thinking that there's a shortcut uh, is not a solution. We need to look back at teachings from from real cultures that in you know have incorporated uh, an honoring of nature. In their way of life, in I hope that I'm describing this in a, in a manner that sort of parallels many of the things that you do. Well, there's no doubt that as human beings, we need to be connected to nature, whatever in whatever way we want to frame it or label it. Nature, Mother Earth, wilderness, Mother Nature, uh, the Earth Mother. There's lots of ways to to do that. It's it the way I see it is how can you ignore your mother? How can you sell your mother? How can you rip apart and rape your mother just because you're doing it for the bottom line or you're doing it for the, the shareholders? I mean, this this whole belief system that we have has become a religion, you know, the religion of money and the religion of corporations that they actually have more rights than human beings. That's really sick. In my worldview, as an indigenous knowledge keeper, that is really, really unwell. That's really out of balance. 
it doesn't even it's not even logical it's so illogical that it's become its own mythology and that's being promoted around the world it's being taught in, in universities and colleges and schools we have to change that we have to go home we have to come back home to nature because in all honestly daniel that is where our original teachings came from every indigenous culture on the planet has received knowledge and wisdom and teachings and guidance from nature itself we just have forgotten because again we've become so powerful as creators take this and use it to create that or take that to create this that we seem to have forgotten the basics and we seem to only remember those basics maybe at the end of life you know when we know that our time is up and we'll be returning to the earth or the sky whatever people believe you know we need to return home to those practical fundamental realistic teachings about about life on earth yeah we have to have we're 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 uh, social beings we have to live in in a social setting within towns and villages and cities now because we're there's so many of us but i think we have to start making better decisions as to what we actually really need to sustain ourselves and to give ourselves uh resiliency we need to be open and honest and transparent with with ourselves including the companies and the corporations and the socio-economic machine there needs to be trans honest transparency there because there's a difference again between what you want and what you need completely concur let's transition and and i know we've done some mention of it but transparency uh is is my next pillar in in that regard i'm humbled by your you know the teachings that uh that you've that you take on and what you share and and really uh, i guess what i wanted to do with uh our discussion on transparency is to reflect on the res- the, the when you respect mother earth and nature how you tie that into respect for people and, and i'm going to hand it back to you in that regard so if you think about yourself out on the land as we call it here in algonquin territory we go out on the land if you go to have a conversation with a tree you probably are going to have a different approach with that tree than you would be with another human being because maybe you have an understanding or an idea in your mind that that human being is out to take something from you or or wants to step on you to climb the ladder in the in the company that they're in what nature teaches us is that we have to you know be really really humbled and basic by our own human truths our own human reality so when we talk about transparency i think of a window the glass is transparent or a sheet of uh, acetate or plexiglass is transparent you need to be able to see through that otherwise you can't see the truth you can't see the reality or clear water for example that's an important one how do you talk about transparency when you have all you have is muddy water what's making the water muddy you have to be honest at that honest with that have to look at the truth of that so for me and in our traditional world view i mean transparency is really just being honest being truthful and not being and and also having the courage to to operate that way to be honest and to be open and to be truthful and not just open minded but also open hearted all of these old old ways that were the things that that sustained us and sustained us and gave us resiliency as human beings 
going back thousands and thousands of years. We've just lost our way. We've lost our way. We have to come back home. Nature is a way to teach us how to do that. Everything that we need is guided and, and taught to us by nature. Not, not just plants. We talk, we, in our worldview, we talk about the stone people, the mineral world. We talk about the plant people, the trees and the plants, the, the, the uh, organisms that grow connected to the earth. We also talk about the animal people, all four worlds of them, crawlers, walkers, swimmers, and flyers. And then last are the human beings, the people people. So those other people, for us as human beings, the stone people, the plant people, the animal people, they've been here way longer than we have. They're our greatest teachers. And all we need to do is to get out of our human ego and go back home and reconnect to those other teachers. And, and it's not rocket science. It's very, very easy to figure out if we can embrace honesty and truth and transparency. And, and that starts with ourselves. We have to be, we can't expect other people to be transparent with us or to tell the truth with us or to be honest with us if we can't do that for ourselves first or within ourselves first. We have to start with ourselves. I mean, I'm looking at these four pillars and just so you are aware, if you were to take a piece of paper and draw a big circle on that paper and then put an X in, in the center of that circle, you're basically taking that circle and dividing it into, a, into four quadrants like a pie. And you could put each one of these words in that, in that pie, sustainability, resilience, transparency, and wellness. And then you see how they're all connected to create the whole. They're not really separate. They can't, they can't work separate. They separate as a whole. And they all point to the center, that center place where X marks the spot. So that's just a visual for people, you know. And that's actually, that's the symbol for our, our worldview, actually, to show how everything is connected and interconnected at all, at all times. I, I, I really like how you've really framed what it is that, that's important. That, you know, I, I've said on past episodes, we don't have a silver bullet. You know, we have to be mindful of a bunch of things. And, and we have to also be very cognizant of the interconnectivity of even ideology. You know, you, one of the things you touched down on reminds me of a quote from Buckminster Fuller. Uh, Selfishness is unnecessary. And, and really, he was looking at how we could feasibly bring the quality of life or the, the standard of living, uh, how do we increase it on the planet uh, was one of the things that he worked towards. And he basically said, don't rely on technology, uh, you know, convert technology from things like weaponry to livingry, you know, meaning focus on other people in Improving society, not your pocketbook. So, you know, really great in that regard. Tim, let's move to something that you do a really great amount of uh, wellness education teaching on. And, and that's wellness, the, the, the last pillar that we're going to dialogue about today. Your thoughts? Wellness is really, in our worldview... I mean, I'm assuming that's what you'd like me to speak about, but it's really symbolized by this idea of a circle, the wholeness of everything. Everything is connected. 
it's always connected whether we see it or not or whether we think it's connected or not it is connected everything is related to each other um including human beings as we're connected and related to each other as human beings in different nations and different continents um different ideologies different philosophies different beliefs different worldviews all of those things are connected to the human experience of life on earth and again to be well we have to also recognize our relatives who we are also related to and again i go back to those other worlds that existed before human beings were even on the earth and in our worldview to show respect for those other worlds that's why we call them people we call them the stone people we call them the plant people we call them the animal people all of those nations separately i guess you could say create the soup of nature and we're just a part of nature so it's important for us to see that we're a part of of nature we're connected to nature that will help us it takes the pressure off we don't have to be superior we don't have to pretend or think that we're better as human beings and everything else in nature we're not we're actually the weakest part of nature the earth doesn't even need us if the human species weren't was not on the planet the planet wouldn't it wouldn't matter to the planet you know so we have to really this is again transparency we have to be open and honest and recognize where are where we fit on in the grand scheme of life on earth you know and it's not just about having the most technology or having the most weapons or having the most money Th those things are they will be the death of us we already know that right things that are changing with respect to the climate things that are changing with what people are starting to believe in do people even believe in themselves anymore no because there's big religious complexes that, that say you're not allowed to believe in yourself you have to believe in something beyond you which is okay there is obviously that connection to those things beyond us but what about all the things that are within us so in terms of wellness i think we have to really start with ourselves make yourself well how do you make your family well if you are not well you have to be well to help make your family well and then your family maybe can help to contribute to the well-being of your community and then the well-being of your community can help to contribute to the well-being of your nation and then your nation can contribute to the well-being of all the other human beings on the planet it's all connected it's always connected so this egocentric pers perspective that we as north americans seem to abide by and seem to worship and value the most that's that will that is going to fail and it's going to fail very soon and then we will be back to the basics again where we do need to learn about those things that we really need to sustain ourselves then we will learn what the things are that do help us become resilient and what the things are that we're supposed to be transparent about and that when we see that there's injustices within those greater communities then we'll call it to task we'll call it out and say this is not right because it does not contribute to the well-being of everyone it only contributes to the well-being of a of a small minority of people and it has to it's creating illness in the world is what it's doing and we have the power as human beings to change that if we're getting sick and tired of illness and most a lot of people in our human culture now are already feeling there's something wrong there's something out of balance all the kids in school and high school they're struggling with anxiety and depression they know there's something wrong they know there's something out of balance they just don't know what to do but if we were collectively to agree to go back to our elders and the teachers of all the indigenous nations on the planet 
and say, what are we doing wrong? How can we fix this? Then we'd probably create a sustainable world. And a well world, we would be well. Because wellness is about everybody, not just about the select few that can afford to pay for it, by the way. Because right, as right. soon as that economic machine crashes and you believe in that system, then you're going to have to adapt and change or, you're, will, or you won't be here. It's kind of as simple as that. I mean, we're talking about some, some big ideas, but we really have to start to look at the big picture of life on Earth and why we're here as human beings. We're not here to take for our own gain. Yeah, we can, we can use uh, or embrace the, the materials or the resources of the planet to help us, but I think we, we, kind, of, we kind of breached the, uh, the code when we decided that we just can take, 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 take to make money. And now everyone on the planet wants to do the same. And our planet is not designed for that. And our planet is not sustainable. The, the resources aren't, we don't, it's, it can't sustain nine or 10 billion people or more than that. And that will create illness right there. And Mother Earth will do everything that she has to bring it back to balance, to bring it back to wellness, regardless of what we think or believe about it or not. I, I really like how you frame ethics and credibility and priorities. And, and really, I guess, I believe you said it, but I'm going to repeat it. We need to slow down at times and be more observant um, in, in many respects of life. And the solution is not found on that little handheld device. Um, in, in you know, you reference the confusion of youth uh in in their um anxiety and anxiousness because there's a, a disconnect and, and i think that's one of those things that we need to work harder to reinforce and and bring some support behind to you know to benefit society so you know i'm really appreciative that you took the time to dialogue with us today, Tim, uh, it really, you know, sort of opens your mind to, you know, biophilia is just a coin expression for our basic need to be respective of the planet. And, you know, look for signs of nature in your life. Uh, closing comments? I would say in closing that whether you think about it or whether you believe it, you're a part of nature whether you will accept that or not. Because if you weren't, you wouldn't be here. You know, and I think when we talk about, uh, you know, the struggles that youth are having today, in our worldview, the people that are the youth, they we say they live in the summertime. They're in the summer of their life. And to complement or balance a, that out, we have the people that live in the winter of their life. And they're the seniors or the elders. And not just for the benefit of the, of the, of the youth, but for the benefit of everybody. I think collectively around the whole planet, we have to start paying attention to what those people in the winter of their life have to say. The ones with the white hair, the seniors and the elders, the ones that have been through some things that we can't even imagine because you know you know we talk about problems that people have and it's like well gee 
You know, I don't remember that you had to go through World War II, or I don't remember you ever having to go through the Great Depression. You know, you seem to have a problem that's only what we would call a first world problem. You know, and maybe you're just worried about how you're going to have to pay for your cell phone. Or maybe you don't even have to pay for it yourself because your parents pay for it. But how are you going to learn how to pay for that? You know, with all the other things that are going on in your life. So when we talk about anxiety and depression, that with the youth, with the people in the summer, the medicine for those people are the people in the winter, the elders. And that means that there needs to be an intentional dialogue there. There needs to be a relationship between those two uh, groups of people. And that in itself creates creates balance. And I think we have to take that really, I think we have to look at that seriously and get back to the basics of that because we're at a point now where people are struggling emotionally and mentally with, gee, what am I here to do on earth? What's, what's, what's my life going to be about? Or maybe I don't want to be here anymore. And they check out. And I think it's important to let people be aware that it's okay to feel that the way they feel. There's something that your spirit is telling you. There's something wrong. There's something out of balance. And I believe that these four pillars that you abide by can be really, really good medicine for that. But I think we also have to take a really, really deep look at what those four pillars are really, really, what they, what they mean and what they're really about and how we're going to take action with those. They can't just, we can't just pay lip service to things. So we have to take them out of the realm of just being ideas and we have to make them, we have to do, you know, practical earthly action with those things because our future depends on that, right? And our future also depends on the youth. So we need to empower our youth. We need to help them understand that those things that they're worried about and those things that they're afraid of, those are okay. Those are human concerns that we, that we have collectively. And they might not be able to put their finger on it, but they know it's there. So I think we have to pay serious attention to those things because we have to change. We're, I think we're at a point now, Daniel, as human beings, we're recognizing that, again, we have to change. We're going to have to adapt because if we don't, we won't be here. Yeah, I concur. We, you know, we really need to I, – I, thanks for bringing it right back to the, the essence of it. We have a responsibility. And we can't shrug that responsibility. Um, we, sh we need to engage in a more proactive way. As we do that, I think it's okay as human beings. And I talk about this a lot with people. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to not know what the answers are. It's okay to be ignorant because that sets us up for a learning journey. And it's the learning journey that helps us learn the things that we need to learn. Or forget the things or unlearn the things that don't that, that, that don't serve us anymore. We have to let those things go, perhaps, you know, and embrace the things that actually will work for us. Yeah, well said. Well said. Uh, I'm going to wrap up and thank you again for sharing of the wisdom with our audience. And thank our Build for Impact audience for tuning in yet again. Uh, please send us comments, questions, and recommendations. Have a great day and tune in again for another episode of Bill for Impact.